0: Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that uh, you would bless the teaching of your word. I pray that you would hide me behind the cross, Lord. Would you clothe me in humility? Uh, would these be your words? May we have uh, ears that are hearing what you have to say to us, and eyes to see the truth that you are revealing. Amen. I want to start off this morning by talking about PPE. Does anyone know what PPE is? Personal protective equipment. Um, And uh, I was was an electrician before I became a pastor, and uh, I did a lot of PPE training. You go to job sites, PPE required, all kind of stuff. And most of the time, you don't really need it. Um, But (laughs) several years ago, I needed it. I was uh, working on a grain bin. This is probably 100 feet in the air, look something like that. And uh, there was a catwalk that just got installed where there's a conveyor where they're going to dump grain into it. And so there's a welder up there. He's doing his, his job and working. And I need to go up there. And there's nothing to get up there besides a couple pieces of angle. It's a sheet metal roof and then air. And so I have all my gear, have all my stuff, and I'm set, and the welder's up there finishing his job. And I point, hey, I'm coming up, I'm communicating, and he waves me up. And so I slowly make my climb up this angle, iron, piece by piece, and I'm laying almost on the top, and I take out my clip for my harness, and I clip in. Moment, a second later, something hit me in the face. It turned out it was a giant plate of metal that this guy just cut out. I'm talking like one-inch thick steel, giant eyebolt. This, the, the thing that lifted this roof on top of the bin that the crane used hit me in the face. And if it wasn't for clipping in for that PPE, I probably would have slid off that sheet metal roof and dropped 100 feet and probably would not have survived. And that PPE also protected me. My glasses took the impact of uh, this giant piece of metal so bad that I had cuts on the side of my face. Even so, this piece of metal hit me so hard that it went into my, hit my bone. And I know that because when I would raise my eyebrows, you could see my bone every time I would do that. It was quite, quite interesting. I needed some protection. Uh, and that is what this sermon series, The Armor of God, is all about When you carry out a mission, in this case, as an electrician, I had a job to do, I needed some protection outside of myself, something that is not something I can find deep within me, but something outside of myself to protect me, to carry out the mission or the task that I was assigned. As Christians, as fathers of Jesus, as the church, we need protection. We need to rely on something that's outside of ourselves to carry out the mission that God has. Has given us. That is what the whole purpose of this section of Scripture is about. That is what this sermon a series is about. It is having something outside of ourselves to protect us and uh, carrying out the mission God has given us. So we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, starting in verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. It uh, starts off with, finally. Uh, the book of Ephesians can be broken down into about two halves. The first half is Paul uh, retelling the gospel to the Ephesian church. He's uh, putting it uh, in writing. You know, he planted this church. He witnessed in this uh, community. You know, he planted this church, so he's summarizing the gospel for them of how there was this old covenant, and now because of Jesus, because of the cross, we have this new covenant. We are welcomed in to the family of God. And because we are welcomed into the family of God, uh, the second part of Ephesians is this is now what our lives should look like. It, changed, it This is how we carry out or live out the gospel message. That's where it's, what it's about. And then here, by the time we hit to Ephesians chapter six ten, this is all right. This is how you ca- like. This is what you need to know. This is what empowers us. This is what allows us to live out the gospel. So here's the gospel. Here's what it means for our lives. Then this is how you do it. This is the action. He's calling the church to action here. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. So that be strong. That's a Greek word. It's a verb. And it's about uh, a continuous like increase in strength. So yes, it, it's like to be strong, but it's to also receive strength, to be strengthened, um, to receive strength. So this is an ongoing empowerment uh, from the Lord. This is kind of like uh, it's very what Jesus taught, that I am the vine, you are the branches. There is this nutrients, there is this source. Uh, when we are in the Lord, we get this strength. And we think about that, Uh, spiritually, that makes sense. Uh, I mean, it's not like I can tell someone like that physically. Uh, If you're not strong, just put on muscle. Come on, just have muscles, and you're like, oh yeah, why didn't I think of that, and I'll now be strong. It's the same thing spiritually. You have to be strengthened by the Lord. That's where all of this starts. We'll come back to that later. But it is being strengthened by the Lord and his mighty power. Uh, This is a callback to the beginning of Ephesians uh, in uh, 1.19, where Paul starts off his letter actually with a prayer over the Ephesian church. And he he asks the Lord that they would know the power of God. Why would you pray that? Because you're not going to use something that you don't know you have. As a church, they didn't know the power that was available to them can't use the power of God unless you know the power of God. And my prayer this week as I was preparing for this message is that we would be a church, a people that know the power of God. He continues on, uh, verse 11, he says, uh, put on the full armor of God. So this is another callback that Paul has already written Earlier in Ephesians uh, four twenty four, when he says and to put on the new self created to be like God and true righteousness and holiness, so that put on is this Greek word and duo. I know Pastor Joel is gonna critique me when he gets back from Cambodia on my Greek enunciation, but it's an and duo, and it's this uh, clothing yourself almost to slip in the clothing like you're putting on a pair of pants or something to so clothe yourself. And this reveals what our role is in this, that you, in the armor of God, in this whole protection, you have a role of putting it on. Uh, this is something, uh, it's, it's not just God, it's not just you, but the clothing yourself, the putting on this armor, that's up to you, that's on you. And then the second part about this, it reveals what God's role is, is in this. Because it's kind of interesting. Why do we call it the armor of God? Does God need armor? Does God have vulnerable spots that uh, he needs great protection from? It is not. God has armor because it reveals who his character is. Because God is a warrior God. And when we see that, he reveals that to us. This is what he has in the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 11, verse 5. The righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. And in 59 and 17, he says, Put on the righteousness. Uh, he put on righteousness as his breastplate, and the helmet of salvation on his head. And he put on the garments of vengeance, and wrapped himself in zeal, as in. A cloak, and there is many more references in the Bible where God describes Himself as a warrior. Uh, and God is showing to us that there are things worth fighting for, and God is revealing to us that He is not an inactive God, but He is active and He is involved in the battle in the chaos god is not what we call a distant deity where he created the world set it in motion and took several steps back and was just watching the chaos unfold and doing nothing about it god reveals that he is in the midst of the battle of struggles of challenges that he himself comes to fight on our behalf so putting on this armor is something that we do with God because it is God's gift to us. You cannot put on the armor of God without the presence of the one who owns it. And so, all right, why do we need this armor? If God's, he's a warrior God, he's fighting for us, why does God give us this armor? And this is what Paul writes, uh, 6.11, he says, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So let's just pause a moment on the devil. And the word of God and, and Jesus teaches on this that the devil is real. This isn't some fictitious cartoon character made up. That the devil is real and that he's a cunning source of evil and the most influ- influential creature on earth. Amen. Amen. Uh, and so, you're like, okay. And so what does this influential creature of cunning and evil do Well, he schemes and Jesus shows us in John 8:44 that the primary weapon or the primary scheme that uh, he uses is lies. Now, next week Jim Hildebrand's going to be teaching on truth, the belt of truth. And he's going to show why truth is what holds this armor together, but also really reveals why lies come to destroy you, why lies come to destroy us and the chaos that it creates. So I'm not going to spend too much time on that this morning. But there's something, though, that we need to reckon with and understand, that the devil and us, or we, the church, and I mean church, I mean capital C church, not just this little, you know, church here to rise but around the world church are on a collision course for the destination of mankind we are on a collision course with the devil for the destination of mankind that we are on uh, a fight for the hearts of people and where they end up in eternity i don't know about you i don't know if that's something to take lightly Pastor Joel last week preached on uh, the church that was lukewarm, passive. They were not a threat to anybody. And Jesus' words to them was of a warning that I'm going to spit you out. See, in this war, you cannot be passive. You cannot be um, disengaged. You cannot be checked out. And if you're a believer... You said, "Man, I follow Jesus. I've been born again. Uh, Jesus is my Lord and Savior." Then you have been born into this war, regardless if you like it or not. Kind of like the ancient city of Sparta. Uh, All the boys that were born in this city in that culture, they were born soldiers first, and then welders or what? No, uh, blacksmiths or carpenters or whatever they were second. But they were primary soldier first. If you have said, "I follow Jesus," I am washed in his blood, I am born again. Then you have been born into a war. So, all right, so we know we're standing against the schemes and and lies of the devil. So who is our enemy in this war? Who are we uh, fighting against? And this is what Paul clarifies uh, in verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So Paul clarifies who the enemy is, that it's not uh, flesh and blood. It is not human beings. So the person you came with this morning, though it may feel like it sometimes, is not your enemy That coworker that just sounds like nails on a chalkboard every time they speak is not your enemy. Then we can take it another step further and step on some toes. The people in the Democratic Party or the Republican Party are not your enemy. Joe Biden is not your enemy. Donald Trump is not your enemy. They're a human being, yet often do we treat them as such we can take it to the extreme the most evil people we can think of the leaders of the taliban that dude to north korea are not your enemy they may have the enemy's influence in their life but they are not the enemy of your soul you are not on a collision course with them for the destination of mankind should change how we interact with people. Because when I think someone's my enemy, I'm going to treat them way different. I'm going to try and take power and influence from them. I'm going to try and cut them down and, and put my tribe or my people or myself ahead of them. It should change how we conduct ourselves. So, it's not against people. Who are we going up against? So, we're going to get into uh, against who are these rulers, authorities, these powers of dark world. Who are these people uh, that um, Paul is referencing here? So there's several ways that uh, people and look at this verse and begin to understand it. So I'm going to break down uh, some of the three ways and then talk about how we see what this is. The first way is to take the demonic completely out of it to take evil out of it, to take the fallen angels, to take the demonic out of these verses. And this comes from a teaching that says the demons, the demonic evil, was defeated at the cross, and that they no longer have any activity or power whatsoever because they they were finished, they were done, the cross sealed it. And this leads to a teaching then of um, evil in the world being that of historical, biological, Societal structures or systems is why there is still evil happening and taking place. Uh, There is then uh, a way to read that verse as we overemphasize the demonic. Uh, And this leads to, comes out of a teaching that the demonic are just as active or um, just as powerful as they were at the cross, Uh, and that the demonic are in. Everything that's bad or evil or that takes place, so um, that it was a demon that made me yell at my spouse as I was driving down the road the other day, or it was the demonic that made me watch porn, or it was and uh, all personal responsibilities get thrown out it gets thrown away because it 's always. Uh, the demonic's fault is always the evil's fault for what is taking place or shaping. And it was interesting when you start to go down this route, when you start to emphasize the demonic, it's like when you become fascinated by evil, you become enticed by evil. If you want to go find evil and you're actively looking for it, you will go find it. So then there's a third way to go and find and read uh, who these rulers and the people of authority are, and that uh, an understanding that these this is demonic, and that they are still present, they are still powerful, but because of the name of Jesus, we have victory over them. So this comes from a, a teaching and a approach and under, uh, understanding that because of the cross, there is now a power, there is now a name that the demonic have no chance of matching or have any ability to come up against. And it's because of the name of Jesus we have victory over them. So we are not to be afraid. We are not to be anxious. We are not to be uh, um, shaken in our boots from what evil is out there because we have victory over them in the name of Jesus. And so... uh, Evil is still a real reality. The demonics still are powerful. And they still are active and are present. But so is God, and they're not equals. They're not like an angel and a little demon on the shoulder, like in the cartoon world. This isn't uh, a battle of um, evil and good. You know, evil and good for the rest of eternity. This isn't the dark side versus the light side. This isn't yin and yang. Because evil is not sovereign, and evil is not sitting on the throne. Jesus is. And that's why we don't have to fear. That's why we don't have to be anxious about what is going on. We don't always see that or understand that, Uh, in our culture where we live because the enemy here is what we call covert. It's like espionage. They like to be sneaky. They like to um, make us believe that they are not present or active. In other parts of the world, it's not so. The enemy is what we would call overt, obvious, almost arrogant in your face. And when Pastor Joel uh, comes back from Cambodia, I'm sure we'll hear stories of how the enemy in Cambodia is overt, almost arrogant in its presence and its attacks on our lives. And the Ephesian church would have been one that went up against the demonic all the time. They would have seen what evil looks like in action. Uh, The pastor Joel taught on the church of Ephesus uh, in our teaching series of seven. And here's a kind of a, recap or an understanding of the spiritual temperature of this church uh, in the city that they are placed in. The city of Ephesus had 14 different temples, and none of them could rival that of the temple of Artemis. This thing was massive, 100 plus pillars, over a football field size and length, and the the goddess Artemis is uh, the goddess of fertility and life. And so Uh, to honor this goddess, to worship this goddess, uh, was to do it through huge sexual immorality. And they would be hundreds of temple prostitutes, and they would be huge festivals dedicated uh, to worshiping this goddess. And when you open yourself up to idol worship and huge sexual immorality, you are just opening your arms up to the influence of the demonic taking place. And so this church would have been functioning and sur- in you know living in a city that openly welcomed essentially the demonic presence so the demonic would have been overt. they would have been arrogant they would have been trying to crush this church it would have been obvious the weights of the enemy and that's what they're walking in through so when Paul is writing this is who our struggle is they would have understood the different ranks of power influence the demonic was having in their community and in the city they lived, because they would have seen it played out in real life in front of them and want to know how did they find help how do they get victory over this dark enemy that powerful enemy that is there And like I said before, we often miss this in our North American culture. Uh, It is not something we look for. Um, We are about just busyness and technology and moving on the next latest and greatest. And we don't make time to discern what is good and what is evil anymore. Other cultures, uh, there's pockets in the U.S. that you'll go. It's a lot more clear. Uh, But around the world, though, there's a lot more of a discerning presence of what is dark what is evil. Let me give you a couple examples from my life. A couple, uh, about over a year and a half ago, I was in France. France is a spiritually dark place with lots of demonic activity, and you city of lights is dark. It's kind of ironic, and uh, there'd be so many stories you'd hear that just blow my mind. One of them would be uh, that of a professional Modern day, modern medicine, tra- modern medicine trained doctor, and if he could not help a patient, there was something um, that they could not cure. He would tell his patients, "Go call upon a medium." A medium is someone who calls upon the spirits to do powerful things and to do things. And that there is actually more mediums, more spirit you know people who call on the spirits than there are pastors or priests in the entire country of France. They call upon, essentially invite dark forces into their communities, into their cities. And after just a couple of days of hanging out in this city, you can feel it. They come uh, and let you know that they own this city. Um, Example of what that looked like was I would be uh, traveling, you're exhausted, time change, um, you're running from thing to thing, um, and usually I sleep pretty Good. It takes me three seconds to fall asleep sometimes. And uh, I'm exhausted. I lay down. I feel my mind start to relax. My body start to relax. And all of a sudden, the best way I can describe it, it's like something touched my brain. My, I freaked out. I, my body sat up. And I went, huh, that was odd. I don't know what that was, but I'm exhausted. So I'm going to fall asleep. So I lay right back down, not thinking twice about it. I thought it was just weird. Closed my eyes relax the body and all of a sudden again something best I can describe it it's like something touched my brain something did not want me to sleep something I felt was not happy that I was there so immediately I began to pray on the armor of God and in the name of Jesus I began to pray protection around that house in the name of Jesus claim power and after praying for about 10 minutes or so laid went down slept great. I woke up well rested. But the enemy was waiting and present and day after day showed up in people's lives. And the Christians that live in Paris experience that kind of stuff uh, daily, if not weekly, of the enemy saying, we own this city and we want to let you know we are here and we're here to disrupt what you are doing. And I can tell you many more stories. A lot of them are not mine to tell some of them even here uh, happening in Sheboygan of running into demonic power who are not happy we are here. And I'm not saying that to uh, sell you some kind of um, uh, make-believe ghost story. I'm telling this because this is what the Word of God teaches and reveals, and it's what I experienced in my walk with Jesus, that when you are a threat to the kingdom of darkness, your life will have evidence of that, and how the enemy comes at you. Paul continues, uh, we're in 13, he says, therefore, put on the full armor of God. So this is the third time that he says, dress yourself, clothe yourself, wrap yourselves up in this armor. Because the enemy that we just talked about and we're looking at is spiritual in nature, and so we need armor that is spiritual in, na- in nature to match it. He says, Clothe yourself. So, this battle is fought when we get dressed. And I'm not talking like wake up, eat a bagel, run out the door, tie your shoe, and like throw on the helmet of salvation. I'm talking dress yourself in the, in the presence of the Lord to go be with the Lord in prayer and in his word. Put on this full armor that empowers us to live out the gospel message. Go be in the presence of the one who owns this stuff. Because with the schemes and the lies of Satan, the demonic presence, uh, you will need spiritual armor if you're gonna carry out this mission because the enemy, they do not play fair. They have no rules or regulation. There's no G- Janina convention, no Code, convention, whatever that uh, war uh, uh, piece is. There's none of that. They play dirty. And they will come at you every way they can. And if they cannot get you, they're going to go for your spouse. They're going to come for your kids. They're going to come for every important relationship in your life until you are isolated and alone. So that kind of sounds exhausting, right? Like, welcome to church. We're so glad you're here and hanging out with us. It's so encouraging that the enemy is threatening your life. Whose, whose strength, though, were we supposed to rely on? And whose armor, though, were, are we supposed to be protected by? Because it's the Lord's strength. And if it was up to me and my own strength, my own power to go up against this enemy, I'd be toast. I don't got a chance. And I think I'm a pretty athletic fit guy, but it doesn't matter. I'd get squashed like a bug. But it's the Lord's strength. It's not, it's, that's why I'm not walking around exhausted all the time. It's the Lord's protection. That's why I walk around with some confidence. Because I know who the Lord is and what he has given me. And if you ask for it and what you're walking through in your life, and I don't know what you all are walking through in your life. I don't know what battles you're facing. I don't know what burdens you're carrying. But if you ask for strength, I know that the Lord gives it. And he gives it abundantly and freely. And that I don't know what attacks are in your life, but I know if you ask for protection that the Lord does not hold it back. So, enemies coming at us, and we put on this armor. And Why do we need this armor? So, in verse 13, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand. So, that, that word in there, the evil, is uh, this adjective, paneros, and it is uh, translates full of labors or annoyances or hardships. So it brings about toils or perils. So it kind of sounds like this. So when the day of toils or perils come, when the day of hardship comes, not if, when, so when those trials, when those hardships come, you will be able to stand. Why? Because you have something outside of yourself giving you strength, and something outside of yourself giving you protection. So you can carry out the things that God is asking you to do. And so after you've done everything to stand, guess what? You can still stand because you don't have to rely on yourself. You get to call upon the one who is a mighty warrior and who is offering his strength and his protection. Amen. And the reason I get... Really worked up about this stuff is because I've heard so many stories of people who get hurt, who've been cut at the knees, and who are out of the battle and out of the game. And it started with they're disconnected from God, and they're disconnected from their armor, and they're done. The reason I get passionate about that is because that is my story. The darkest seasons of my life are when I was disconnected from God and I felt alone and I had zero strength and zero protection. I was easy pickings for the enemy. And by the grace of God, he brought me back. And so now I get to rejoice in that, but I have now have a confidence that I don't have to go back to that because I have the Lord's strength and the Lord's protection with me no matter what I walk through. And no matter how many attacks the enemy comes, the enemy loves attacking church leaders, I have found out and learned. I used to be very skeptical of church leaders when I was a teenager and a young man. I questioned them. But now, uh, finding myself in a role of one, uh, I am amazed by how the enemy comes at us. And I can't tell you how many elder meetings I've been in. where well, we're just praying protection over each other because of how much the enemy is coming, even after our elder team, uh, that comes after our pastor. When Pastor Joel got here um, in November, he and I had a conversation, because he goes, Sam, when I was in Hong Kong, the enemy was overt, it was obvious, you could see where the enemy's presence was, it was so clear. He goes, I, I don't see that here. He goes, it's sneaky, it's, 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 it's covert, it, it comes out of nowhere, And he's like, I began to sense that the enemy's sneaky in this church, that they have um, hidden themselves well within us. And that's one of the reasons why we prayed about getting into this teaching series, is to let our eyes see where the enemy is and let God show us that, so that we can claim the power of God that is available to us and put on the protection that he is offering us. And it doesn't matter if you've been following Jesus for five minutes or 50 plus years, we all need protection. If we're gonna carry out Ephesians 2.10, that we are God's masterpiece, that word is poema, uh, created to do good works, which God in advance has prepared for us. We need protection and strength to do that. And the only people that don't are the ones that are not a threat to the kingdom of darkness. And that should terrify us. That if I'm not meeting the enemy, then maybe uh, I'm heading the wrong direction in my walk with the Lord. So, that's our invitation to go be strengthened with the Lord and to put on His protection. So we discovered a lot of ground, and as we begin to uh, this is look piece by piece uh, of the armor for the next several weeks, as we begin to unpackage this, uh, I wanted a couple of minutes uh, to open up for questions of clarification things um, can get kind of confusing sometimes when we begin to talk about the spiritual realm and dark forces. And so I wanted to just open it up um, if we have any questions uh, or um, clarifications kind of needed. As we uh, began to continue this uh, teaching series, as we began to continue to look at the Word of God and began to ask God to continue to reveal these things in our life. Uh, Paul again went back and be, again multiple times talking about uh, put on, clothe yourself in this armor. And if you want to do that, you want to learn more about that, you want to learn how to continue to do that in prayer. Uh, Todd Schumann is our prayer director here. And so uh, we have this Area over here after services that if you're like, I need prayer, I'm in this battle, I have this burden, I need strength, I need protection, uh, that we have a prayer ministry that takes place here after services. And so uh, I want to challenge you to uh, to take us up on that, to enter in the battle through prayer, uh, not just to say, oh, yeah, this is a fun yeah, we can do it, rah, rah, but this is something that where the rubber meets the road, where we begin to live out our faith and we begin to live out what the word of God teaches us, to take advantage of that um, and to do that and to be a prayer warriors for others uh, to go and pray and enter the battle uh, with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, Because if we become a church that knows the power of God, that experiences the power of God, we're gonna have be a church with a target on our back. And the enemy is not gonna be happy. And he's gonna come for the disunity, and he's gonna come to fracture this church. And so we will need to enter into this battle with prayer together um, and to rely on his strengthening and his protection. So um, as I close out, um, I wanna invite uh, Milo, would you come? Pray over our church. Um, Milo is somebody I know who has some stories uh, in coming up against some demonic, some evil, and some stories of what victory looks like. And so he is an incredible well of wisdom and experience. Uh, And so, if you have other questions, you can ask him. I didn't tell him I was doing that, but um, and so. Uh, would you just lead us in prayer as we, uh, with fresh eyes and a fresh lens, look at, uh, some of the spiritual warfare that is going on in our lives. And as we begin to, uh, lean into this. Mm
1: -hmm. Dear Holy Father, Lord, thank you for, uh, Sam and, uh, for the, the sermon today, uh, from your word. And, um, thank you for the, the eyes and the ears to take this in and, uh, you know, it is definitely uh, a spiritual war out there. Um, I pray for the, the strength um, of us to continue to give up who we are mm-hmm. as God, sinful Jesus. humans and to allow your uh, spirit to be in us and continuing to flow out and uh, putting on that full armor every day by reading your word and speaking with you praying and uh, also sharing our faith with others and I know that um, as we continue to practice that you continue to bless and uh, for the folks out there that are uh, struggling know that that you are stronger. There's nothing that can uh, take us down. You're uh, you're with us constantly. That's a promise. So thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. All right, go go out, church, uh, in the strength and the blessing of the Lord. May his peace be upon you. Uh, And then come back next week as we uh, begin to look at uh, truth and lies. Have a great week, church.